sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. We are bringing you some big tit energy this International Women's Day! With me, M, and unfortunately, T as well. I'm here too. Yeah. I'll keep my testosterone in check. Happy International Women's Day! Woo! T matters less today. Sorry, you get every other day. That's why you took the day off and you made me do all the research. That is true. Um, so today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite badass women across movies, across TV, across video games. Is that all we're doing? Yep, that's the three Books pillars that, uh, of our pod. All right, yeah, all those. Um, and maybe just a couple of bits of news, what we've been up to, a bit of this, a bit of that. So let's jump on in. Um, do you have any news for me before we head on in talking about our favorite badass ladies? No news. Uh, big no. thing this week was um, a certain movie dropped. We went and saw Captain Marvel, yes, which we, we will be reviewing before the badass women, um, as discussed in our production meeting. Correct, correct. Um, <laughs> but do yeah. you have any news? <laughs> I might have a tidbit or two. What you got for me, Em? I did very little work this uh, this International Women's Day. It's showing. <laughs> yeah, isn't that ever? Um, did read a fun tidbit, though, about uh, Kate Beckinsale and her new boyfriend, Pete Davidson. So I know if you know, but they've been an item for a little bit now. People are talking because there's a bit of an age gap. So uh, Kate Bex is now, I think, 45 and her boyfriend's 25. Hmm. Anyway, people are obsessed with this because... People are sexist assholes. Um, and Pete Davidson, if you don't know who he is, he's on uh, SNL at the moment. So expect to see him in a lot of your comedy movies in, what, five or ten years' time? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the standard. I don't know. The current gen of SNL is not crushing it from I what I've seen. I haven't really seen enough of it to really know, to be honest. And I think it, it takes a while for you to really warm to them. So, But anyway, that's who he is. Um, and on the Weekend Update segment on SNL, he made the best comment first of all not that women need anyone to stand up for them obviously um but it was nice to see someone a little bit on side so he said and i quote i'm new to this so if you have questions about a relationship with a big age difference just ask leonardo dicaprio jason statham michael douglas richard Gere, jeff goldblum scott disick dane cook derek jeter Bruce Willis, Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee, Alec Baldwin, Sean Penn, and whoever the president of France is, Mel Gibson, Billy Joel, Mick Jagger, Sylvester Stallone, Eddie Murphy, Kelsey Grammer, Larry King, Larry King, Larry King, Rod Stewart, and Donald Trump. None of those. Oh! None of those people are answering my emails on how to get young girlfriends. If you have one with a 20-year age gap, I think that's a bit illegal, so... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to be 50 before you can do that. Um, but yeah, loved that comeback and so very true. I mean, I don't remember anyone making a big deal about any of their girlfriends who were younger, but you know, Kate Beckinsale's copping shit. Demi Moore copped a lot of shit for going out with Ashton Kutcher for a while. Um, 
I'm sure there are others, but those are the two I can think of. <laughs> it's funny, on this topic, I just listened to an episode of The Dollop, mm. and they did a live episode in Minnesota, and they talked about Minnesota's most famous billionaire. Um, it's like Paul Geddes or something. I am. Anyway, so they're all relatively rubbish people, and they all had a fascination with marrying very young girls. So they'd marry like a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old and it wouldn't work. And then they'd marry another 16, another 17-year-old. And it, mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. it was a pattern. And the guy did it six times. Ew. And anyway, when the senior... I'm going to mess up all the details. But when the senior died and he's like, here is your billions of dollars of inheritance. Mm. It wasn't billions, but it was a lot of money. He said, the only rule, you cannot marry someone under 22. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get your inheritance. Oh, and it's what like, is wrong with people? Uh, I mean, it started off like the the offenders were in their like late twenties and then early thirties and stuff, and then it was like, ah. and then uh, as the story kept going, you're like, stop, <laughs> this is getting really weird. Oh, great. Anyway, someone put their foot down, and there was a kidnapping, and very entertaining. Good episode, actually. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's a it's a thing. Oh, okay, well, gross. Uh- <laughs> Uh, actually, this story kind of ties into a show that I've been watching the last uh, week or so called Younger, which you can catch on Stan. I think it's got at least five seasons. Um, the premise of the show is a um, newly singled mom, like she gets divorced, been with her husband for I think it's like 20 years or something. So she's 40 and she really wants to get back in the workforce and, you know, get it for herself. So um, she tries to get a job in publishing, which is what she used to do before she had her kid. And no one wants to hire her because she's old. Um, and, you know, it's a very real problem that a lot of women have trying to return to the workforce and it's pretty shitty. So she pretends to be 26. Anyway, hilarity ensues, lots of adventures, blah, blah, blah. The real um, the solution, the great thing that came out of this show is mm. I found Hilary Duff. Yeah, Hilary Duff is like, in this show. Every week, I'm like, what's Hilary Duff up to? She's in this show. Five <laughs> seasons worth. Being a young career woman yeah. thing is crazy. So if you're looking for Hilary Duff, I found her. <laughs> you found her. She's in this show called Younger. Up um, the Duff. Yeah, she plays a really good character in that show too, like quite a strong um, publishing lead. Is she an editor? I think she's an editor in it, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so this uh, protagonist, what's her name? Liza. Uh, Liza ends up, you know, meeting a younger man and all that kind of thing. And it's quite interesting sort of seeing, like, the challenges that goes with that. Um, But also, like, go get it, girl. She went and pulled herself a 26-year-old man. Uh, And I think that's pretty good stuff. So um, the show itself is... It's decent. Like, I have been binging it for days. I wouldn't go ahead and call it, like, a fantastic groundbreaking super amazing show um but yeah i like it it's it's very bingeable it's very easy watching if you feel a bit stressed out you're like i just want a show that i can just watch for hours and be like yeah cool it's a good that kind of show Hmm. um so i do like that she sort of has gone out there and tried to make her new life despite being an older woman um can't work out if the show is empowering or sexist some combination of both (laughs) They have a good rip on um George R. Martin too. They have an yeah. author who's basically meant to be George R. Martin writing Game of Thrones or whatever they called it and they've made him very creepy. I think they called it <laughs> Crown of Thorns. <laughs> uh yeah, they did make him really creepy, so I think they did a good job of 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 uh of all that. I mean, I don't know much about 
that in real life. I just you just assume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he writes a lot about sex things, which is creepy. I don't know; it's just weird. Uh, actually, no, I've changed my mind. It's definitely an empowering show because, like, they rip on him for that. Her roommate is a also like a forty year old single lesbian who's just crushing it. Um, she's friends, you know, with this twenty six year old editor. Um, the only people who are sort of not so great in the show in terms of like bah, bah, women stereotypes is all her former housewife friends back in New Jersey. Um, but I think that's more rip on New Jersey that's than the, women. <laughs> that's the plot, though, isn't it? That's the she didn't want to be. One of those. She yeah, wanted she to be wanted a young career woman, so she yeah. went to, like, the city. Yeah. Where, yeah. I thought that was the whole drive of the show. Well, it is. But also, like, the, the whole problem is the whole, you know, systematic problem that no one would hire her because she was old mm. than other women. Uh, but, yeah, not a bad show. Plus, also, her 26-year-old boyfriend is toit. Watch for the candy. Toit nups. Yeah. Mega toit nups. Also, like, the 40-year-old lesbian chick's pretty hot, too. I can get behind that. <laughs> She also dates younger women, so good on her. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been watching and surprisingly tied into that story I just told. So there you go. Did not even plan that. Just sitting here winging it on International Women's Day. Yeah, I'm just removing that from the schedule of next episode where we had slotted that in. No, just tied in together. So uh, <laughs> less work for me next week. Yeah. Good job, self. Maybe I can give you an update because I'm quite, quite interested to see how on earth this lie turns into, because you know, she's lying about her identity. Not sure how they're getting five seasons of material out of this, so stay tuned. I'll let you know. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, I think it's a whole conversation for another day on how how did they get this many seasons from X premise. Mm, yeah, that would be a good theme. Good theme. <laughs> It'd be a frustrating theme. You'd just be like mad at every show you talked about. Oh, look, don't. No, I already know exactly what show I would talk about for that. Supernatural. No, that's still pretty on brand. <laughs> they just recycle plots. Now, what's that show I hate? You know, with that guy, and the writers were from Lost, but, but they were like, this definitely isn't Lost, and then it was totally Lost. Ah, uh, Helix. Health. Yeah, Helix. She was dumb. Lost is the worst show ever made by man. Mm. Putting it out there. Mm. Anyway, not anything to do with International Women's Day. <laughs> so, After the break, should we have a bit of a chat? Well, first. Oh, first? Okay, yeah, sorry, go on. It's also International Cereal Day. International Cereal Day for cereal? Yep, cereal. What's she- your favorite cereal, Em? Oh, you know, if you want to hear a really lame answer, you know how I know I'm over 30? <laughs> my- how today are you over 30? <laughs> um, my favorite cereal is the Uncle Toby's Antioxidant Plus cereal. Because that shit is delicious and keeps me regular as fuck. You'd recommend this cereal for women? An International I, Women's Day? I would recommend this cereal for everybody. It's just great. <laughs> no, it's my favorite because it's like, it's not like eating sugar um and it's just got that little bit of like tasty little cranberries in it, it makes you feel like you're having a little morning treat no i like it it's good that's my favorite cereal what's oh, your favorite cereal god you're over 30 yeah <laughs> um I well, it. you know what story i'm gonna tell i don't eat cereal much <laughs> <laughs> and then Is this the cheerio story yeah well wait a yeah. wait a spoilers um yeah where sorry. was i i think i was in adelaide and mm. i was down there for a few days staying in a sort of a hotel-y apartment thing and i was out of town so you're eating out a lot and i thought oh, i'll just buy some groceries for the room sure to trim a meal or two of me eating out and so i bought a box of cheerios now i'm in a local woolies and it's like 
there's the small box of Cheerios and then the big, the jumbo family box of Cheerios that was only <laughs> like eight cents more. And I'm like, well, I'm not a moron. I want to buy the big box. Classic tight ass tea. Value for, value for flake is what it that is. Eight cents for probably extra five bowls worth. I was only there one morning. So this was probably silly. So one morning I'm, I, I see it and I go, oh, Cheerios. I, you know, it's American. I don't think I've ever had it. And so mm-hmm. in the morning, I'm like excited to have my bowl of Cheerios. And I'm like, that was really good cereal. I didn't, wasn't until years later I actually read the back of it and realized it was pure <laughs> Nutri-Grain in terms of sugar content. But um, I had four bowls and then went to the pancake house and threw up a steak. <laughs> so that was my favorite. Also, my first and last time ever eating Cheerios. No more Cheerios. Cheerio to Cheerios. Yeah, adios to Cheerios. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, so that's it for International Cereal Day. If you have your favorite cereal, hey, look, I'm not done Actually, talking about cereal. I got another one. Oh, do you? There's, while we're on the theme of American food, they have a candy bar called Fast Break. Oh, Which yeah, is yeah. break fast backwards. <gasps> Shit, son. It's not even backwards. It's just the, the words around. inverted, and it was made by Reese's, so like peanut butter cup people, and mm-hmm. they made this huge chocolate bar, and it's the densest, most absurd chocolate bar. If there was a a record for the most, I guess, calories in per, per space, <laughs> this bar has it. If you're in a specialty candy shop, try a fast break. It will take you eight meals to finish it, like Ooh. one bite, and you you're like. I think I just smelled it when you had it. And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It was hard pass like, on the fast break. It was comparable to mushrooms and how much I like hallucinated after <laughs> I had this much dense sugar. Um, oh, it was crazy. wild. But, how um, many calories were in that? Do you remember? So it was like a eighty gram bar, and I think it had. Because didn't you want to try it because it was the most calorie-heavy bar and you were like... I've no, no, no. I just picked it up on a whim the first time oh. I was in America. Since then, I was a bit obsessed with it. And then I, I got into the history of it because it was a Canada exclusive or something. All right. So I don't know the chemistry of this, but it was like an 80-gram bar and 70 <laughs> of them was like pure sugar and oh. it somehow fit the high-fat content in it as well. I don't know how I mean, it is. scientifically, it's almost impressive. Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't know how density and weight and all that stuff works, but it was, man, you have a bite. It's pure, it's, I nearly said pure epilepsy. It's pure diabetes. I think Maybe epilepsy too. enough sugar in it to give you epilepsy. <laughs> I did have a seizure. <laughs> oh, so I'm not going to recommend that. Or maybe I will if you've got a sweet tooth or eight. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Um... Maybe just don't, though. <laughs> Fast break. Ooh. Candy. Do you have any other cereals you want to talk about before yeah, you get look, back on target? Honestly, I could do an entire episode just about cereal because I really enjoy cereal. Um, every now and then I just really crave a bowl of Nutri-Grain. I don't know why. And I'll have to... like, and I, It's never something I just have around because Nutri-Grain is like, terrible for you. So I've always got to go out and buy the smallest box of Nutri-Grain I can and be like... Hello, yes, I'd like to buy one cereal, please, Mr. Service Man at 11pm at night. I need to eat this right now. Uh, Totally a normal person. Um, Growing up, I had too much Cocoa Pops, so now I can't really get behind them anymore. I don't mind the odd Fruit Loop every now and then, too. Fruit Loop for this Fruit Loop. I would say those would be my other top cereal choices. Cool. At least we've moved on from the high-fiber regular cereal. I have a fun side, too, you guys. (laughs) After the break, we review we review Captain Marvel of the Avengers newest 
badass. Welcome back. You watched Captain Marvel on the weekend. We did. Carol. Carol Danvers. Now, like we do with these new superhero movies, if you're like us and not super into all the comic books, I'm here to brush you up on what's going on. How did we get here, T? How did we get here, Em? So, as you mentioned, Carol Danvers. First appearance, 1968 in Marvel Superheroes, issue 13. She was an Air Force pilot. She kicked around for a while. Then in 1977, Miss Marvel, issue one. She was in some kind of explosion thing with a Kree. Kree mm-hmm. are the blue aliens. We'll talk about them in a bit more detail later. But there was a Kree on Earth called Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they blew up and shared powers and it was a thing. Um, and then she became Miss Marvel. Now, at the time of publication, this was actually a big deal. So this is in 1977. So by using the prefix Miss, this was um, quite socially progressive for its time because um, use of the word Miss was then associated with the feminist movement. Well, there you go. Em, stop breaking shit. Oh, my God. Carry on. Um, and in these issues, um, Carol Danvers is fighting for equal pay in her civilian regular identity job. Nice. Yeah. So this is in 77. So... She's She's been um about making man babies cry for <laughs> the entire arc of her show. You go, her... Carol. You go. <laughs> so she's been around the block a bit. She's been a member of the X-Men, mm-hmm. the Defenders, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Avengers, which we're about to talk a bit more detail in, and a crossover with the Transformers. What? Carol Danvers has, been, has worked with Bumblebee. I don't know specifically, but... Well, I wanted to ask you more about that, but fine. I didn't read the issue or anything. I was just This is just the crib notes. Yeah. Um, she's gone through a few changes of superpowers. Uh, she's been binary, where she got the actual power of a star. Yeah. So this is why she's one of the most powerful Avengers. She's had some, had some shit. Um, she's also been known as Warbird and Captain Marvel, which is the one we're going to be familiar with as she joins the MCU. Heck yes. Um, having a quick look through her comic history, the most interesting thing I found that uh, she was an advocate for the Superhero Registration Act with um, Iron Man during Civil War. Oh. So she's Team Stark. She went oh. Stark over Cap. That's disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, she's been around. <laughs> mm. And that's... She's known as one of the mightiest Avengers... Which brings her into the MCU. Now, there is going to be some mild spoilers for last year's Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. So I assume most people have seen that by now. Yeah. If you have any interest in this, you've seen Infinity War. So, as you know, at the end of Infinity War, the Avengers got their butt kicked and lost. And at the end of the movie, um, Nick Fury has his space pager Mm -hmm. and summons Captain Marvel. Enter this movie, Captain Marvel. Now, this is her origin story. This hasn't anything to do with the Avengers per se. Yes. Um, And so this is set in the 90s and about where Captain Marvel came from. And first thoughts, what did you think of the movie? Um, I very much enjoyed it. There was... It was interesting because you see her more as... 
Oh, God, it's so hard to talk about without giving anything away. Uh, basically, as you can even infer from the trailer, there's some kind of maybe brainwashing situation going on, uh, which we talked about in an earlier episode when we dissected the trailer for that. Um, so she sort of has these sort of two minds, you know, sometimes she's this person, sometimes she's that person. And there was a lot more time spent in that first character, um, which I guess I was sort of expecting, but, you know, I kind of really want to dig into, um, into Carol Danvers a bit more. So I was a little, maybe a little disappointed and get to see more of that. But again, this is an origin story. So we're trying to see, um, you know, like how did we sort of get to this point? Um, I did very much like the unapologetically 90s soundtrack. Well, before we jump back to that, just on the plot, mm. um, I agree. There was So the plot was organized to maximize some reveals and big set pieces later on, mm. which made it a bit complicated to follow because the amnesia is a theme of her origin story. She doesn't yeah. know what's going on for a good part of the movie. And it was very, yeah, it was organized, so you sort of figured things out when she did, but because of the jumping around, it did make it a little confusing. It did, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yes, on, on the theming, it's the movie starts with her coming to Earth and mm-hmm. crashing through a blockbuster video. That was pretty great. Welcome to the mid-90s. However, I thought, okay... This is the first mild criticism that I did have. I thought that would have been a good starting point at the movie. Like the first maybe, I am mean, a concept of time, like 20, 30 minutes. Oh, um, and she's up in space. Yeah, just doing space stuff. Uh, I found that a bit hard to follow. Um, so I wasn't all that invested at that point. So I think they maybe should have started with the crash and then had like little flashbacks back or something when she was being like, wait, what was that thing that It happened? was already pretty flashback heavy. Um, yeah, maybe that's why. Because that style of the movie is technically the middle in the scheme of things. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit all over the place um, in that regard. But uh, in terms of otherwise pacing of the movie, it was very good. Don't get me wrong. So let's jump to the, what I'm going to assume is your favorite bit, the 90s theming. Yeah. They... Honestly, it could have been heavier on the night. <laughs> it was pretty blatant. and So imagine any random Avengers movie and just mash a 90s pop song into every key scene. They did that. They really did. And they, they did it pretty hard. It was, it was like, though, okay, it was a little bit like they got someone who was under 25 and said, can you just find the best 90s songs <laughs> and put them in this movie? Uh, which, look, again... Not complaining. Loved every single one of those songs. Could they have maybe put in something, not even more obscure, but um, I don't know, like they were the, the most cliche of cliche 90s songs. And actually on the cliche thing, so she is wearing, she comes in her alien warrior outfit and then mm-hmm. has to get some clothes. She literally picks up a flannel just to wrap around her waist. Oh yeah, but that, no, that like was she, fine. she didn't wear it. <laughs> it that, was, that was totally okay. The most cliche grunge thing ever. She also wore a Nine Inch Nails shirt for half the movie, which I appreciated. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Do you love a good Nine Inch Nails t-shirt? I've got the same one in black. <laughs> They're all in black. Um, now, one thing that did pop to my mind, like I loved this because I'm a big 90s music enthusiast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you are too, Em. So I was loving it. I'd like to get some opinions if you thought this was really obnoxious and over the top. Because what it made me think, if you remember Suicide Squad mm. and the first scene of Suicide Squad where they rammed a big song at every scene change for the first quarter of the movie and it was so tacked on and awful 
because that movie went under rewrites and they went, this is too grim. Make it cool. So they yeah. added all that and it was really obnoxious and awful. See, that was very much forced and pegged into that movie, whereas I didn't get that vibe from, right. from Captain Marvel at all. So if you're not a 90s person and still loved it, let us know. I'm genuinely yeah, curious. Yeah, I would also be very curious to that because I it was actually a little light on the 90s for what I was expecting. Given that the trailer hammed up the blockbuster thing and one or two other things, I was like, all right, we're going to have some, you know, space buns, ahoy. Um, but it all, there, there wasn't a whole lot besides the songs that they wedged in. And, and they played the them during and um, her flannel shirt and nine inch nails <laughs> like that was it. And it's a bit of nineties. It was. Uh, it could just say could have been more nineties. Hmm. Hmm. Now, because we're in the nineties, we have some not even cameos. So the characters, uh, we have a young Nick Fury mm-hmm. who's an analyst for Shield before they know there's aliens around. Yeah, that was weird. I, I didn't quite click with me at first i'm like why are you so surprised <laughs> well yeah so he's um and then an analyst analyzing threats to earth not knowing what they are yet and then they obviously appear during the course of this movie mm. and this sets the sets the sort of groundwork for what i assume becomes shield as we know it yeah so my favorite part of this was young nick fury and young agent colson my favorite part of this was colson with a full head of hair (laughs) and they're roaming around in this car it looked like an 80s buddy cop movie yeah it did yeah and it looked amazing i wish (laughs) they did more with it because the main movie starts off goes on rails pretty quick but just there's a few scenes early on where they're just they're partners they're rolling around in the well, cause blocky that, yeah well Colson's still the new guy so they didn't really like oh i would really like okay here's what i want <laughs> i want a captain marvel sequel so just set in this what i really want is i just want the buddy cop movie with fury and colson set in the like, 90s. that's what i really want <laughs> remember agent carter they made that kind of show they should mm. do that for young Coulson and young Fury. I'd watch that so hard. It'd be <laughs> the best. So we've got these young guys rolling around. Um, Captain Marvel rocks up and uh, adventures mm. commence. Um, what do you think of Brie Larson's portrayal? Well, given that this is the first rendition of Captain Marvel that I have seen personally, um, I thought she did a very good job. I like that she was sort of... Mostly, and I think this is maybe where the two kind of personalities sort of come in. She was sort of a bit serious, but then she'd have like a throwaway, really like, really fun line every so often, which she delivered really, really well. Um, so I think we'll probably see more of that side, because I think that's maybe more the Carol side. So maybe we'll see more of that uh, in Endgame, where she inevitably is going to be. Uh, yeah, so I really liked her. Yeah, so... How I saw it is it was such a fine line you had to walk to get this character right. So in both her lives, she's military. She's Mm. Air Force and uh, Cree soldier. I don't know. Um, It's all very confusing. But but, like she's military. She's rigid. She's Mm. not uptight, but, you know. Disciplined. Disciplined. But she's also got to have a bit of charm yeah. for the sake of the movie. You know, she's got to well, win so us for over. for the sake of the movie, like, the character is meant to be a charming character. Yeah. I mean, she has a pet cat. <laughs> and she can't be too too fun and charming. Otherwise, she'll go Bridget Jones and do a disservice to what her character is meant to be. Sorry, I use Bridget Jones as an example of endearingly useless. <laughs> right, okay. 
to to get charm points. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And but they couldn't overdo that. But they had to make her like um Black Widow's great, but which is very serious. Very serious. And you're like, mm, could you carry a whole movie like that? And so they've given Brie Larson this one, and they can't. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's. It's not an issue of could Black Widow carry a movie like that. You absolutely could, and her story would be a really gritty one and would be a fantastic movie. But that's what that character is, whereas Captain Marvel is like a little bit like she's she's fun. She's disciplined, but she's fun. Mm. So it's just a different sort of character. Yeah, so I thought she did a very good job. Mm. Um, and we know she's a badass and one of the strongest Avengers. This has all been promoed to us, mentioned in earlier movies, blah, blah, blah. So it was great once we see her come into her own, mm. be utterly powerful and like wreck shit without being specific. I thought this was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good lesson in, uh, you know, use what you have, not what you're given. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the utter destruction she's going to bring down once she joins Avengers later. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's going to be on par with Thor, who's was who's the best one currently. Yeah. Well, she's very godlike. Like, she's so strong. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and yeah, total badass Avenger. The original Avenger, I believe. Not the original Avenger, the most badass Avenger. Original Avengers, the first Avengers cap. Oh, officially. But I mean, before that, well, the other thing that was interesting about this movie, just speaking of Avengers, is it's almost like a prequel, prequel, prequel to Avengers because there's some very good right, yeah. subtle threads which we won't really get into obviously yeah. without spoilsies but they do a really good job of you know just just placing a few little bits here and there where you're like oh okay so that's how that sort of started up now I see yeah because remember in the timeline we've got um, Captain America 1 mm. which was World War 2 and then the next time bit is 08 with Iron Man 1 and a lot of stuff happened between A and B, and this is where this falls. And yeah, yeah there, there's a few little bridging things there that was quite a nice touch. Yeah, and very well done. Like, it wasn't shoved in your face. It wasn't detracting from anything else. It was really good. Mm. Very well done. Yeah, the other thing I liked was um, the Cree. Now, I had a lot of expectations going into this regarding this race of aliens. As did I. We see them a lot in... Uh... Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah, so if your only movies, the only, the most famous Kree you would know is Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy, the old general wants to destroy planets, carries a hammer all the time and wears a hood even when he's on his ship. It's Has weird. a lot of emo makeup. It's a whole yeah. Thing. Um, whereas in Agents of Shield, Kree are the. Kree are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the blue aliens that are often causing a ruckus. Um,. So I needed, and because Shields acknowledge, because, you know, Agent Coulson's in Shield, mm. and it all has to make sense. And they did a very good job. So what was interesting, there was Blue Cree, but they all the Cree were, like, different races. So there was Blue Cree, White Cree, Black Cree, like, just all the different types, which probably makes more sense, well, given they're a race of conquerors and stuff. So yeah. The, yeah. So this was a good portrayal of the Cree. Um, plus we got a little cameo from Lee Pace, you know, on his... 10 years before Guardians of the Galaxy mm. days, so you sort of get a sense of the political situation with the Kree, which was interesting because you don't really get much of it in Guardians. There's just this guy who's a bad guy who wants to destroy stuff. 
Yeah, you're like, who's this guy? What's he about? Yeah, whereas it's a bit more complicated and quite a big deal, um, which you see a bit more of in... I um, find the Kree very fascinating. I would like to know a lot more about Kree. Hmm. Is Inhuman still happening, or did that not end up happening? It did happen, and no one watched it. That was the one that went to IMAX. Bummer. Was that Inhumans? No, I don't think so. Yes, it was. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that was a different sideshow. I don't know. Incidentally, though, just speaking of Captain Marvel, and while she definitely don't need no man, um, I really would like to see her get together with Star Lord. Like, I would ship that <laughs> so hard because they—I don't know—they just both have that same kind of charm. Even though Star Lord's version is obviously turned to eleven, um, I I would just really like it. I She's, think um... it would just be such a match. Well. And this won't fit in the MCU, but scouring her comic book history, mm. she did have a little bit of a thing for Peter Parker. This, ah. d- this doesn't quite match up with how they're portrayed <laughs> now, because Peter Parker's like nine, but, and, and Danvers will be... Weird. Like, how old will Danvers be? She's like... I don't know, I don't really understand how... She's like 30 in this, give or take. Uh, 30 years, she'd be technically 60 years old. That's confusing. Um, so just, yes, Inhumans was that train wreck we oh, heard about. Was? Ah, s- sitting on 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, dear. Why did we not see that? Because it was awful. Oh, okay. And it looked awful. Oh. And everyone agreed that it was awful. So I'm like, cool, I'll save my money. I couldn't remember if it was a movie or a show. What was it? It was, was it? a show, but yeah. they put the premiere on IMAX and made a big deal about that. Oh. And, like, I haven't That's seen it. I, I don't know, but just... It was the shoddiest. Mm-hmm. Like, the trailer looked awful. In saying that, though, because that spawned off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? No. Uh, oh, it didn't? I thought it did. Wasn't there are Inhumans thing? in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but yeah. this wasn't associated with that. Oh, okay. I thought the whole thing was bringing over half the characters to no, that. No, no character crossover. Okay. Completely original. Right. Well, Same was... way there's, like, Runaways and right. okay. just another show. Because <laughs> so I was going to say that, um, that, you know, keeping in mind that the first half of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was terrible. <laughs> um, but never mind. Well, that was terrible because... Well, it's a whole topic. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that wasn't terrible because of innate terribleness. That was just terrible because it was had too much connections. It kept referencing the greater MCU and no, there, it took a while to find its own feet. There was something else in the first... It was tacky. episode or two that was really it bad was that camp. I could not forgive and I couldn't remember what it was. It was like <laughs> Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the part that, that I'm specifically Cap thinking shield. of. <laughs> no, it was um, I don't know. Something happened on an airplane. It was dumb, and I got really angry about it. Oh, was it the inflatable mattress? Uh, inflatable boat blocking a hole in a plane? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. That was a bit weak. Uh, anyway, we could ramble about that another time. The important thing is that now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is fantastic. Oh, that reminds me. I was going to add Agent May to one of my lists. Oh, well, there you go. Slight spoiler for 10 minutes' time. Yeah. Um, it's Good done. Call, though. Um, other than the Cree, all that. That's about it. I quite liked Captain Marvel. Mm. My one issue mm. is more story-related. So, we know what, obviously, in the process of this movie, she becomes friends with Nick Fury and she gives him the the pager. Yeah. 
which now, we know Nick Fury, we the end of thingy. Yeah, yeah cuz this is we found out about this in Infinity War. So Nick Fury has a pager when shit goes wrong to someone a really strong Avenger, I guess. Mm. And after 20 movies <laughs> of horrible things happening, he's only now just hit it. Like why didn't he summon her for Avengers 1 when New York was under attack? Why didn't he summon her for hundreds of other things? Well, I guess, okay, fair point. I think because in Avengers 1, New York, that was Avengers 1, right? Yep. Yeah. I get them all mixed up. Um, you know, he, he was probably like, oh, yeah, they got this under control. Whereas uh, at the end of Infinity War, um, he had to press it because... No one else was going to be around to press it. <laughs> but Nick Fury didn't know this. What was weird was, where was Nick Fury during Infinity War? Like, shouldn't have he been a part of something? Um, Like, he was surprised of everything's going on. When I don't know, it wasn't even clear that he was in New York, where the first stuff started happening. Well, I guess he's got his own shit to sort out. I don't know. <laughs> One of the jokes... I sort of made at the time was maybe he did hit it and just she's so far away it took her this long to get here so she rocks up and she's like what's the problem I got summoned here because some billionaire mogul built a giant <laughs> robot to fight his protege's robot and now there's these two robots fighting in the city you know like 2008 Iron Man 1 I was just about to say this sounds like the Transformers crossover <laughs> you were just talking about <laughs> maybe that's what yeah maybe yeah. that's what anyway um, so, I mean, you, you're going to watch this movie. You have to. It sets up the next part of Inf of Infinity War, Endgame, which is next month, I think. I believe so, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to see it, you're going to see it. And But it's good, luckily, so mm. it won't be a chore. Do rate. Yeah. <laughs> Do rate. Alright. After the break, I've got my list of my favourite badass women characters, and Am has a couple. <laughs> Badass women coming your way after the break. Welcome back. Um, M, I'll leave you the honours of the as the holders of the big tit energy. Do you want to start <laughs> with TV movies or video games? Ooh. Let's start with video games. Video games. Now, do you have any badasses for gaming? I do. Okay. I do have a few. Um, probably with the same that you will also enjoy um ow what's that ignore that going on all right um so one of my oh my god where do you even start right so i would have to say that one of my favorite badass women and every female in this game is a badass woman is uh mad moxie yep i had moxie <laughs> yeah uh and why would you not she's a very savvy businesswoman. she knows how to use her body to get what she wants not great taste in men, but... Uh, <laughs> humble beginnings. She, humble beginnings. She used to be a redneck. That's right. Ran around with gangs until she became the mogul of the fighting pits in Borderlands 1. That's it. Runs her own bar. She does a lot of stuff. Um, All her weapons were the best weapons. That's and true. not just talking about the big tit energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legitimate has the best guns in the game. Uh, <laughs> The puns, when will they end? Um, but no, so she's one of my favourites. Um, followed by also Tiny Tina. Another great, strong little lady in that same game. So she, if you do not know Tiny Tina, she, is she 12 or 13? I don't know. Yeah, well, keep up. Youthful. 
she's very young. She's 12 or 13 and she is an explosive expert. Um, and yeah, very strong willed little badass. But really, when I, because I was thinking of some of my favorite female characters in games, and when I was thinking about Borderlands, every single female character is a strong one who takes no shit in Borderlands. So they are all amazing characters. Lilith, amazing character. Ellie, Moxie's daughter. Ellie, yeah. She <laughs> destroys people. She's a mechanic. Yeah, she's she a very crushes. Very big mechanic. Yeah, she crushes it, man. She's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everyone in Borderlands is fantastic. Um, do you have any other games on to bounce off? Let's take turns. Um, where to start? So I'm going to start sort of modern and slowly roll backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie McFarlane from Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. In the prologue. Her house is on fire. She's freaking out trying to stab someone. Some damn cowboys have killed her husband. And she joins your gang. And over the course of Red Dead Redemption 2, she slowly goes independent and becomes a bounty hunter by the end of the game. Nice. And Spoilers. She's a... Oh, it's Red Dead you know, ages ago. But she is a psychopath. Nice. She murders everyone and has a short fuse and is hilarious. One thing that bummed me out, there was a glitch when um, Red Dead came out that mm. if you did something a certain way, half your gang members just weren't around for the first third of the game. Bummer. And so I didn't even see her to the middle of the game. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. So Bonnie McFarlane, the first one for me, for badass ladies. Nice. Who else she got him? Um, so another woman from, from game, speaking of uh, psychopath women, is Bloody Mary from Wolf Among Us, or Fables Wolf Among Us, if you also read the uh, graphic novels, which I'm yet to do and would like to. Um, oh, the rendition of Bloody Mary in this game, she's just brutal. Like She's uh, probably the only other super strong character, or like the next strongest character besides uh, Big B in the game. Um, she's just like, she's just brutal. She's ruthless. Um, she works for the crooked man, I think. Um, but yeah, just like solid will murder everybody. Um, super hot, like that real kind of like butch hot vibe. Um, not that that matters, but, uh, yeah, I really liked her and nearly forgot about her until someone reminded me the day and I was like, yes, I love her. She was amazing. Um, so she's the one who else do you have? Um, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. That was my next one. Yeah, she's like runs around with a bow and arrow, killing robot dinosaurs. You can't yeah. get any more badass than that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, so she was amazing. I loved her. And mm. you go through as I don't know if you can play through as um a dick in that game. I think you just squiddy two shoes the whole way, but very badass along the way. Just yeah. giant dinosaurs. You slip sliding all over the place, shooting ropes flinging around the place Pretty good fun awesome. yeah mm. good fun Aloy well mm. done mm-hmm. who else you got for games was that all of yours that's all of mine <laughs> but I'm happy to brainstorm well, alright I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about this <laughs> so two honourable mentions okay Lara Croft one of the of course great gaming Hacking heroines past Lara Croft um honourable mention to Commander Shepard from Mass Effect so this can yeah. this can be either way obviously because you can play it this as male or female but the voice work by Jennifer Hale, who did Female Shep. Yeah, true. Okay. Loved her. Very good. But yeah, obviously. That's why I thought that one was... Because I, I thought about Shepard, but I'm like, well, really, it's just the same character. You just put a different skin on them. No, nah, with the so... voice work, people, they're very different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, props to the voice work, I suppose. All right. But 
My top two. Mm. Firstly, the runner-up, mm-hmm. Ellie from The Last of Us. I was wondering if you were going to mention Ellie. Now, Big if favorite. You, now, if you haven't played The Last of Us, which is possible, it was a PlayStation exclusive, mm. um, you play as Joel, the sort of surrogate father type, rolling around, fighting zombies and whatnot, mm. and Ellie just sort of follows you around, and you've got to sort of get her to safety and so forth. In the third act? I don't know. Towards the end of the game, mm-hmm. you take over as Ellie, who's sort of grown over the years, and now you're hunting as Ellie, and it, this was such a good sort of change in gameplay for this game and then you are sneaking around as this young girl and you see a young girl during the zombie apocalypse and you're like ooh victim and you've got to sort of deal with that and yeah. drama escalation and she is badass and stabs everyone nice. and it's great but the number one mm-hmm. badass Joanna Dark from Perfect Dark <laughs> of course Nintendo 64. The Highly contentious, because a lot of people would pit her against Lara Croft, so it'd be like, ooh, is it a this person or this person type situation? Because the games are similar, well, sort of. No, not well. similar at all. Lara Croft's not a shooter. I didn't even play a Tomb Raider until the modern incarnations. It blows I, I, my mind. Yeah, well, I wasn't Sony in those gens. I played Lara Croft when she had triangle boobies. <laughs> um, Still sexy. Still badass. Yeah, so if you never played Perfect Dark, it was the sort of spiritual successor to Goldeneye, the, mm. one of the historically most great games that made shooting so fun. Mm. Um, she was like the female James Bond, and her story was um, she was a secret agent, and there's aliens and yeah, that's what I was thinking of craziness, and I don't know, the story was a bit bananas, but she was great, and this was a big deal, so... Mm. Because she, she had voice work. She had lines. Tomb Raider didn't have lines back then, really. It was just oh, sort of... Not, uh, I suppose you're probably right. Yeah, so... Not a whole lot, anyway. And the amount of hours I logged punching people in the head <laughs> with her punchy fists. <laughs> Good times. Nice. Joanna Dark takes that number one for me. I'm sure that there's a lot more that I really like, but I just can't think of any at the moment. Or some other games that have some good, strong characters. I thought about Life is Strange, but um, while that's both about two female characters, um, and there requires a certain kind of strength, I suppose, given the nature of the game, but that didn't really ring true for me in terms of loving them for being strong, badass women, you know? I also resisted the urge to mention half the female characters in The Witcher 3. <laughs> or all of The Witcher. Yes. But honourable mention to Yennefer and Triss. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. And Siri. She murders everyone too. Well, that's always nice. Actually, is it weird that I'm equating badassness with murder? I suppose in video games that's what you're generally doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. standard. And that's actually a theme. Oh, no, I've got some. All right. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh, what do you want next, M? TV or movies? Oh, let's go TV. TV. Have you got TV ones? Yeah, I've got TV ones. All right. Do you want me to start? Yes. All right, let's hit some I'm sure we're both going to have. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Maisel. Yes. My One of my favorite shows from last year and the year before. <laughs> um, young lady breaking through the glass ceiling. Breaking through the glass ceiling of comedy as well. Yeah. Really China. big boys club. Still is a massive boys club. Mm. Yeah, I imagine female in comedy is hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. people still go, well, women aren't funny. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, they should watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She will show them. Yeah, she's fucking hilarious. But yeah, badass. Loved her. Love everything mm. about her. 
Strong too, like really resilient. Puts yeah. up with so much crap and yeah. just keeps on plugging away. All with just Jewish sarcasm. <laughs> it's just I, I I went on about it in an early episode, but just <laughs> I don't know anything about the religion, but just the way they are about things, the neuroticism, I don't know. It's so great. It's so funny. So good. All right, who you got for me? Uh, a big fan favourite of both of ours, uh, Leslie Nope. Yep. Cannot beat Leslie Nope. Um, cannot fault her, except maybe for half of season one when she was a little bit of a stickler. But, you know, very strong, crushes everything, does a million things at once, but still has a good time, loves the shit of her gal pals, always lifting her sisters up. Love that. Yep. Love and it a lot. In this day and age where you just can't believe there, there just aren't any good politicians just every country is suffering. America, Australia, Britain, the only places I follow politics. In the world of Trump, be a nope. Yeah. Just in the world of... Whenever I've got a lot of stuff to do, I'm always like, oh, what would Leslie Nope do? Yeah, punt away May Morrison and Trump and she gives take me, a, she gives three me, Leslie Nopes, please. Gives me the drive to finish a big to-do list and makes me very happy. Yeah, nah, slam dunk. Mm. So I'm going to take... The, Launching off that one mm-hmm. and go Selena Meyer from Veep. Yeah. The vice president. Ah, oh, she swears so much unapologetically <laughs> and I love it. So, and these these two are quite opposite in a way. So Leslie Nope was fighting hard on the issues of being a woman because um, she's a big feminist and they played with these plot lines quite a lot and she had a hard time being taken seriously as a woman. Whereas mm. Selena Meyer in Veep is sort of the opposite of that. So she's borderline not a feminist and she's like always a sort of cagely referencing the fact that she's a woman, should I play that card? And she always refuses to do it. I wouldn't say that she's not a feminist. I would just say that it's more she knows the playing field that she's in and knows what cards to play when. Hmm. Bit more plays the game. Yeah. At a high level. But badass the whole way. Mm. Maybe a bit naive, but <laughs> in terms of her marketability, but I guess that's the drive of the show. Is that show mm. coming back? Are they making more of that? Uh, I think there was maybe one more season. I'll have to look into that because um, it took me a bit to get into because it's very fast-talking, very political, but once I got into it, I really liked it. Once you settle in, yeah. Okay. It's fucking funny, and I love how much she just yells at her bag man all the time. It's the best. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Uh, following on from my previous trend, is uh, it's hard to think of Leslie Nope without also thinking of Liz Lemon. Tina Fey? Yes. Now, I love her because she's just permanently a hot mess, but still such a boss. Um, she will go into work smelling like her previous night's night cheese, hair everywhere, and still just put everyone in their place and make sure everyone does their fucking job. Um, yeah, real boss goals. I love it. Um, she's very much the the pinnacle of, can we have it all? Probably not, but let's give it a red hot go anyway. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Liz Lemon compared to compared to Leslie Nope. Well, they're very different sorts of characters. Because she was a hot mess. Yeah, she's a hot mess, but she still got everything done. Yeah. Like, in a world where I want to be Leslie Nope, I'm definitely more of a Liz Lemon. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's a testament that, given all the issues she faces, and she's a mess and not on top of anything at all, she got everything done and is yeah. the glue holding everything together. Well, that's it. Despite, Anytime she's not there, everything Despite falls not apart. doing it with style. Because well, yeah. it's always like, you do it well and do it with style. She does not want to do it with style. She's no. a red-hot mess. Yeah, I love her. Plus, she has some just amazing lines that are so relatable. I love it. Um, we all want to be Leslie's, but we're all Liz's. 
My next one was Rosa Diaz. Yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, yes. Um, I love her character. She's just like the whole, she's very private, wants to be mysterious, and she sort of riffs off that for mm. comedy in the show, but she's just like a badass cop, and she's like the manliest character in that show, in a show yeah. that has Terry Crews. That's true. Rosa Diaz is the most testosterone-fueled character, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, now she is a badass lady. Yeah. Not to mention that she, um, yeah, would probably destroy any of them in a fight, <laughs> but will also do anything for you. Um, deep down, of course, she would never admit it. Uh, yeah, great, amazing, and badass lady. Plus a really great representation of, like, a bisexual woman, because people are always like, what do bisexual women look like? Anybody, goddammit. <laughs> That's all. Continue. Um, you got any more? Or? Uh, oh, it's my turn. Yes, it's my turn. Um, Daria. Yeah, that's interesting. Big Daria. fan of Daria. What makes her a badass, though? Daria is a badass because she was unapologetically herself. She didn't care that she... She was proud of being smart. She wouldn't dumb herself down for anybody, except in a sarcastic reason. Like in that first episode, I think, when she's doing that, like... Rorschach test and like what do you see and she's like a field full of ponies running away um (laughs) and you know yeah so she's she's smart she knows she's smart she won't reduct herself for anything she questions the shitty culture around her um she you know she's the the antagonist to her sister who is very much a slave to fashion and to what every to what society says that she should be um so Daria was really the first female character that I could relate to in that way of just like, yes, I also question everything around me and I also think these things. And it was great to see her just be so dry and not, you know, trundle around in a short dress and try to impress everybody like a lot of other female characters would do, both on that show and on different shows. Um, She's also kind of like the smart lady answer to MTV's Beavis and Butthead as well. Which I also well, loved. That's, she was a spin-off of Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, she's very much the opposite to those two characters. Um, so I really loved her for those things. It really gave me something to aspire to. Being like, yeah, I can be smart and just, you know, it's fine. I can fly under the radar and be perfectly happy. Um, the other thing as well that I really liked about Dara is, um, you know, she was really into Trent because who wasn't? Um, but then she also realized that she was better than Trent and that, you know, all that kind of thing. And, um, that was very admirable instead of, you know, matching her up with the person she liked. It was more of a, no, I, I have better faith in myself than this. Um, so yeah, strong lady character. Hmm. Plus she was a writer. I mean, that's always great. (laughs) All right. So bouncing off Rosa Diaz in terms of badassness, who I got. So I already mentioned Agent May from S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm-hmm. Um, she's the Calvary. Send in the Calvary. You send in Agent May, and she just beats everyone up. Love Can her. you imagine an awesome fight between Agent May and Rosa Diaz? I was thinking more Agent May versus my next one, mm. Sarah Lance, the White Canary. Ooh, badass! OG we're we're moving canary. into the the CW section of my list now. <laughs> so we're going to start with Sarah Lance, the only Lance I recognize. <laughs> In the CW. The only one worth uh, talking about. I believe yeah. we have a pop vinyl of her somewhere here. So, yes. Yeah, she is. Is she Black Canary? Oh, she was or... back when she was Black Canary. All right. So, what I happens? do prefer her as Black Canary. So, she sleeps with her sister's boyfriend, drowns, gets adopted by assassins, comes back to town, 
becomes the Black Canary, dies, gets resurrected, (laughs) becomes the White Canary, somehow gets a spaceship and time travels. Well, when you explain it, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous when I say this out loud. Becomes the captain of the spaceship and is now a To be fair, it's not a spaceship. It's a time ship. (laughs) Anyway, she's now a time lord and her weapon is a stick. (laughs) She just hits people. She just destroys people. Also another great bisexual character. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Oh my god, her and Rosa should get together. Not just because they're both bisexual, but they're both just strong, <laughs> badass women. Uh, and so, and I'm finishing on my CW has a lot of bisexual women. Just yeah, good for them. <laughs> good for I them. I love it. All right, my next CW one is Clark from the 100. Yeah. Now she was good interesting choice. because she starts off as the peacemaker. She's mm. the one with medical training. This is another post-apocalyptic show if you haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. So she's the medical person, she's always fixing people, always trying to broker peace. Um, within a few seasons, she's hitting buttons to murder everyone because um, she's not a fighter, but she gets everyone dead. It's great. Mm. Like you know that um, the the train experiment. So you're on a train track. You have the lever. If you pull the lever, you go to another track, ah, yeah, and yeah. it kills one person. If you stay on the same track, you mm. kill four people. She pulls the lever every time. She's a greater good person yeah. and makes the hard decisions. And everyone gets upset with her later because she makes hard decisions to save Mm. lives at the expense of others. She's a zero-sum person. She will kill 10 people to save 11 every time. And that made her a badass. Yeah, she is also very awesome. Um, Just speaking of CW, also Charlie from Supernatural, um, not a character that you are familiar with, but uh, played by the the adorable Felicia Day. a strong character who reoccurs. I really like her because she's, you know, very quirky, but also very intelligent. Also kind of represents the fandom a bit in the show too. Um, but yeah, also really love her for just always sticking it out there and being like, yep, I'll do the thing. And uh, also very good. Very good. Any more characters that you have? I have my top three now. Oh, up to the top three. Number three? Mm-hmm. I've got to count them first. Annalise Keating, How to Get Away with Murder. <gasps> yes! I was trying to think of her before. I was like, oh, yeah. And I forgot because I got distracted by something. She's a lawyer in Philadelphia. She runs the law program at um, Middleton High. Middleton High. <laughs> and uh, if you watch this show, it's hard to explain. It's like... She is just fierce. So she's a lawyer and a badass lawyer and a winner of a lawyer. And as a result, her in... Ruthless. She's ruthless. And in her day-to-day life, she's a mess she's an alcoholic and crazy and i don't know this show is very hard to explain it's a thrillery stuff goes well, to be fair, given what she's been through like totally fine to uh be an alcoholic i yeah. mean reasonable i mean never a good idea but you know what i mean um but also a woman of humble beginnings um overcomes a lot of adversity works really fucking hard to be a uh, lecturer and a lawyer and um, just destroys every case that she gets. And she just she just has no time for any bullshit. And it's all... And then there's murders and she gets away with them, I guess. That's the whole premise of the show. It's very <laughs> weird. But bad ass. I think she won Emmys for that one. Yeah, I think that she... Uh, Emmys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one's TV. Yeah. She, I don't know if she... She is involved in any Oscar things. Surely. She's she was. A, I think she was at least nominated for The Help. 
maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also reprising her role in Suicide Squad. (laughs) As um The best part of Suicide Squad. Put it out there. Uh number two. Yep. Arya Stark. Mm. Back on the murder train. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, if anyone's read the books, Game of Thrones, you will know what Mandalay Pies refers to. Hell yeah. And while this specific plotline didn't make it into the show Arya took the reins and did what needed to be done mm-hmm. and had the best of a show famous for murdering everyone she's had the best ones yeah true especially one where it took what five seasons to get the validation for it oh. to see you know the phrase get the come up and come up and that was you know i was cheering when she did that anyway very excited to see her in uh in the the upcoming battle yeah what was a bit concerning though is they uh Maisie williams and what sense of stark's actor called i'm not sure of her name damn she's in x-men Oh, anyway, yeah. um, they did interviews and they're like, oh, so, you know, they can't talk about the last season. Like, oh, are you happy? Are you happy with how it all ended for you guys? And they're like, and they both were sort of vague, but like, oh, yeah, we've come to terms with it. And everyone's like, why, why would you say that? That what means you, mean? you died. So they everyone... could also be talking about coming to terms with like the end of the show. Like, Yeah, but now everyone's worried that all the Starks are going to be dead, <laughs> which will... would be a real bummer. I need a Stark to make it to the end. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, I do know why. But, yeah. I mean, if Jon Snow's the last one, ugh. Mm. And number one, easy one, Buffy. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's it's the number one on, like, every article ever. She's so... died twice. She's been through shit. Oh, look, everyone on the CW has died twice. Yeah, Charlie but she, died. she was CW before there was CW. <laughs> Fair. The, the W stands for Whedon. <laughs> Joss Whedon. <laughs> Like, CW stands for Clearly Whedon. <laughs> but yeah, Buffy right. at number one. Okay. All right. Which leaves... Cool, I guess. Movies as the last one. Oh, I forgot we hadn't even done movies. All right, let's go, movies. All right, who you got? Oh, should I start? Uh, yes. All right, I haven't put these in order, but let's start with Trinity from The Matrix. Mmm... She had the first scene of that movie and does that kick over the back of her head and hits a guy. And I don't know if you remember, when you saw The Matrix, the trailers were very mysterious for The Matrix. What is The Matrix? And that was the whole advertising thing. Do people still even know what The Matrix is? Yeah, we watched the movie. And so when you went to see The Matrix, it means you got pulled in on a trailer and you're like, what is this about? And, Mm. you know, and then the first scene is Trinity kicking that guy's ass, running outside, and then for some reason she runs to a phone booth and then picks up the phone and then she disappears and the truck doesn't hit her and it was also mysterious. And her kickstarting the Matrix and just being a bad badass through all of it was great. Yeah, very strong character, plus um, all of her outfits were amazing. And I remember watching The Matrix being like, oh my god, I want to be her when I grow up. Um, And I think I dressed up as her for like three different dress-up parties. Mm -hmm. Because I I already had the coat and I just needed gel and it was pretty easy. But um, yeah, no, great character. Um, You got one? No. You didn't do movies? I did movies as a whole rather than film characters. Okay, let me go through. I'm just going to bounce off yours. All right, so a couple honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. 
Letty, Fast and the Furious, Michelle Rodriguez. Controversial, because everyone hates Michelle Rodriguez for some reason. But she's badass. But I won't do it on that, because she's not popular. X-23 from Logan, the little kid, the mini Wolverine. Yeah. Because she she was psychotically stabby. I loved her. And just murder-faced everyone. I just love women who let their rage out. I do. Because she was like a, technically a daughter to... Wolverine, she was like a new clone and she was stabby. So screaming and stabby, I loved it. Um, Very raw. Okay, so let's hit the big ones. Well, who else you got? Katniss, Hunger Games. No Katniss fan? No, now, I hate Katniss. Separate this from... She's such a whiny asshole. From Jennifer Lawrence. But that's the thing. She wasn't a whiny asshole. If you read the books where they I did. I'm it. talking about the oh, books. Oh, really? I'm not talking was... about the movies. But that was the thing. Everyone else was whiny and expected so much of her. And she's just like, I'm just going to do my thing. No. And... In like the first page, she was just like, eh, I'm Katniss. This is shit and this is shit. No, well, that's not exactly what she said. It's been a while since I read the books. But um, <laughs> I found her to be whiny well before I saw the movies. I thought the movies did a better job of making her less whiny. The whole thing was she wasn't whiny. She's and everyone's so like, oh, whiny. you need She's to be the leader. Me, you need me, to be this. Me. She wasn't me, me, me. She just she wanted was. to do her thing. Oh, yeah, because right. selfish. Well, we disagree with that. But then she killed a bunch of people with a bow. So I that guess. was pretty badass. Um, no, her little mate was much more fierce. Little mate. Yeah. Who's little mate? She had a friend in the first one. Yeah, she did nothing and she just died inappropriately. No, she was. Rue. Yeah. No, she wasn't badass. She just she was just a little kid and died. Yeah. What am I thinking of then? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, stand by my Katniss comments. You're not thinking of Silver Linings Playbook, are you? Are you thinking of Bradley Cooper? Are you lost? I'm thinking of Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) I think you're on the wrong movie, Em. I'm not. No. I wasn't even thinking about the movies. I was thinking about the books. Uh, Continue. The Bride. Kill Bill. Uma ah, Thurman. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow jumpsuit. I mean, in terms of murdery, no one tops her. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, I watched a 40-minute black and white montage of her slashing up... with a Yakuza? No, the Crazy 88s. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. So many dead Japanese people. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, Sarah Connor, T2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Terminator 2 Sarah Connor, not any of the other iterations. The, yeah, the militarized bunker person who hoarded weapons yeah. and... She was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I her. do have uh, someone in retort to that. Okay. Ripley. Yep, Ripley's my number one. Ah, sorry. <laughs> you could argue the OG. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of females in action in the 80s and then she did Alien. Well, Alien was 79. So really? Yeah. So she even... Before that, and then mm. she was badass in that, and then Aliens mm. two, and she had the she was even more badass, and then three, which we don't talk about, and then the later <laughs> ones, which were good too. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of hers. Okay, now I'm going to call this one Mila Djokovic because she's played several badasses. Okay. <laughs> Um, the one I added her to the list for is Lilu from The Fifth Element. Orange hair, orange oh, bandage, yeah, 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 yeah. jumpsuit, ninja, kills everyone. Yeah. Good times. She's also Alice from Resident Evil. So not that any of the Resident Evil movies have been any good, but just there's been nine of them. I don't know. I've lost count. And mm. she's there doing a the thing, surviving zombie apocalypses. 
True. So Mila Djokovic. Um, then my last one. Where is it? Furiosa. Charlize Theron. Mad Max. Ah, yeah. I had um, just that movie as a whole, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max Fury. Oh, you're talking about Fury Road, right? The new, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just checking. The one with Charlize Theron in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And apparently Ed Hardy, but I don't remember him. Yeah, well, he probably died. Um, <laughs> he was Max. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the least important person of the film. In that one, yeah. It was a really interesting... <laughs> Design decision. Yeah, but no, great, uh, like, again, fierce, ruthless, badass woman. They made no attempt to, like, pretty her up. Yeah, shaved was... head, robot arm. <laughs> like... Yeah, and she was just like, fucking I'll destroy you all. Um, yeah, definitely one of my one of my top faves in, in this category. For sure. And that's all of my badass women. You had some badass movies. Well, that was one of them. Yep. Um, not a different kind of badass now in terms of like less murdery and more just trying to let's reclaim our lives. Uh, one movie. <laughs> Very different tones. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, different political climates, I suppose. Apocalypse versus general Western contemporary society. Um, <laughs> also very much enjoyed the film Bad Mums. Um, <laughs> Definitely taking a sharp turn. <laughs> oh yeah. But I feel like the messages are the same. <laughs> like Bad Mums Christmas. <laughs> I like that one not as much, but still pretty <laughs> solid. No, uh, what I liked about Bad Mums is that, uh, you know, it's got Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and Catherine Hahn, and first of all, individually, they're all fantastic women. Uh, but just taking on the whole thing of, you know, every mum's got to be perfect, every mum's got to do this, every mum's got to, you know, present this, but also that they're still expected to have their job and to do this and to do that. And they just go, you know what? Fuck you. And they just um, do whatever they want. And sometimes that comes at the expense of um, being a less than 110% perfect mother. But it means that they're living their lives to the fullest and reclaiming back some of their sanity that uh, society has taken away from them because of these unrealistic expectations. That was, um, what's the face was in that? I need you to be a bit more specific. You know, Jackie. Mila Kunis, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I blanked on her name because I've been reading Mila Djokovic. <laughs> um, another movie with a strong message for um, how we should be lifting women up is also the classic Mean Girls. Right. Um, because, you know, again, made by Tina Fey, so you know what's good. Hard to beat a classic. The whole point is, uh, you know, women tear each other down and that is no good for anybody. But then if everyone's just all chill and looks after each other, then we can all be a lot happier ever after. And that's how that movie ended, right? Yeah. Cool. It was lovely. <laughs> um, another all-girl cast film that I love is Bridesmaids. Hard to go past. Can't say it's got a particularly feminist message. Uh <laughs> But I did enjoy uh, the comedy, lots of gross comedy, which I always enjoy from women if it's done right. And not, not I mean if it's done right because it's from women. I just mean like you got to have a well-timed throw-up joke. <laughs> you can't just be doing it all over the shop. And they did a really good job of uh, making that movie gross at just the right time. Some of the diarrhea and the wedding dress scene, right? Oh, that and the, and the you know, um, Melissa McCarthy, like, <laughs> like Kevin the squirts in the sink going, don't look at me. <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> the pinnacle on this International Women's Day, we wish to celebrate <laughs> Mel McCarthy popping a shit in the sink. 
I'm just is saying. That, is that just confirming this is what the note you want to finish on? <laughs> you know what? Kind of. Um, but no, like that movie was hilarious front to back. Like the comedy in that was just on 11. Like just... That brings us to a close of this episode celebrating some badass women and some great all female stories on this International Women's Day episode. Please tell some of your favourite badass women characters at, uh, where are we going? Where are we going on Twitter at uh, goodpop underscore badpop or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. Tell us your favourites. Is there anyone that we missed? Is there anyone you disagree with? Too bad because they're all amazing. Lily Dallas Multipass. Thank you very much. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.